educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And hey, on demand any darn time you like on your favorite podcast platform. Well, it's 5.09 on Tuesday, June 6th. Say hello to Johnny Cadillac, producer extraordinaire. So great to be here, as always, but especially today. Well, you're very kind, Johnny. <laughs> it's, uh, you keep the wheels on the bus. Well, coming up after the news at the bottom of the hour, uh, we'll talk to Lincoln State Senator Danielle Conrad on the just-finished uh, legislative session. Uh, the good and the bad and the ugly. Um, as rough as rough as this session was, uh, Senator Conrad reminds me that there's you know there's some positive things to build on. Uh, not to mention they got some stuff done, uh, some important legislation that will actually uh, benefit our capital city. Uh, joining me in studio is L. Kent Wogamot, arts and entertainment reporter for the Lincoln Journal Star. Since it must be a typo, Kent. It says 1985. That's unfortunately the truth. <laughs> well, Kent, we go back a few years, and uh, I deeply appreciate all the great uh, work you've done through the years, writing and uh, about the most, the greatest uh, art and music and entertainment this city uh, has to offer. Yeah, and it beats having to actually work for a living. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Kent, I. Uh, when I found out uh, that I'd landed landed this uh, uh, great guest uh, I'm going to introduce, introduce here in a moment, I said, I think I need a veteran. I've only been doing, I've only had a darn mic for like three weeks. Oh, you're getting it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I did go to J school, but uh, I was the uh, the news ed guy. You know, I was, I was in the room with everybody that was smoking and typing, you know. And, uh, you know, the broadcast guys, they were the... Well, it was both, you know, broadcast radio and, and TV. Uh, they were the pretty boys across the hall, pretty boys and girls across the hall. Yeah, um, I was in that same situation, and we gave them hairspray. They didn't, <laughs> they didn't appreciate that. <laughs> well, let me, uh, let me introduce our guest. Uh, David Mandel is the director and producer for the HBO miniseries White House Plumbers. Uh, he was an executive producer and showrunner for Veep and also an executive producer and director of Curb Your Enthusiasm and Seinfeld. Uh, he's also a comedian and one of the producer-directors of the teen comedy Eurotrip. Uh, he has 14 Emmy nominations, and he's got a couple Emmys sitting around someplace in his home in L.A. Um, so, David, welcome to the Dan Parsons Show. Thank you, Dan. They're on my desk, actually. That's where the enemies are, believe it or not. They're behind the monitor, so I can't see them. But if you come in, you get to see them. So there you go. That's exactly yeah. what I would hope it would be. Well, or you're so kind to take a few moments to uh, talk to us here in, in Lincoln, Nebraska, and, and fly over country. But uh, as we've talked, uh, I've been a uh, a fan of all of your work, but certainly most recently, uh, uh, this White House Plumber series on HBO, and I've just been, uh, and, and co coincidingly, it uh, came as I took over this microphone. So I've been talking about it for weeks here on the show, and and tying it to my political origins, which, you know, I when I was a ten year old kid, uh, I started reading the newspaper and uh, went from the comics to the sports page to the front page, and this thing called Watergate uh, popped up. So that's. Uh, and I've so I've been fascinated with it uh, ever since I was ten years old. Sure, 
Um, um, I'm a touch. I'm a, I'm a I'm a touch younger than you. Uh, I'm born in 1970, so I kind of it's funny. I kind of remember Jimmy Carter. Do you know what I mean? Like I almost like I learned about Watergate almost in the past tense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like like this guy got elected because of Watergate, whatever Watergate was. Mm-hmm. And you know, like a lot of people, I learned I learned the word gate almost before I learned Watergate. You know, yes. Everything was this gate and that gate, and you know, I ran gate and all of that kind of the, the gates. Um, which, by the way, we did a funny Veep episode about many, many years later at the Gates. But, <laughs> uh, right. yeah, but, uh, um, so, you know, this, for me, this was a, uh, you know, as someone who's read about it, to, the chance to kind of dig deep into it and kind of do it in a different way was just kind of really exciting. And, uh, and I will honestly say, uh, thank you, by the way, uh, for uh, enjoying it and talking so much about it. And I'm hoping for your listeners' sake, if I can, by being here tonight, if I can get you to stop talking about it, maybe that'll help everyone. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, let's, and I'm a little out of order here, but no, go for, ahead. for our, no, no, this is great. Thank you. Uh, for our listeners who maybe have not seen uh, yep. the White House plumbers yet, Johnny, just play a little bit of that clip, please. Gentlemen, the president needs men of action. Your new mission is to make sure he wins this election. What are we talking about here? Sabotage, espionage, infiltration, bare-knuckle tactics. Same they do to us every election. We have recruited covert operatives to plant surveillance inside the Watergate. You are White House employees on the payroll. For God's sake, don't get caught. <laughs> Yeah, that's it's as simple as that. Just don't get cut, uh, caught. Uh, we're visiting with David Mendel, the uh, director and producer of the new. Well, it's not so new now, but uh, I guess a few weeks old. Uh, the miniseries on HBO, HBO Max. What, what do we call it now? Now David? it's just Max. Now yeah. it's just Max. Okay. Yeah, like your pal Max. Yeah. Uh, yes. Now streaming. Now still streaming on Max. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I uh, I watched the fi- I waited to watch the final episode Saturday night, and that's when. Uh, I, I told people I had a couple gin and uh, gin gimlets, and I thought, well, I'm just going to reach out to David Mendel and see if he wants to come on my show. <laughs> sure enough, here we are. Can't uh, uh, jump in here. Okay, I'm the old guy here. I actually lived through the Watergate and uh, uh, was in the Oval Office when Carter was president. Old oh, wow. guy. Wow. So, uh, so the question. This this is satire in almost as much as it is history, and I thought what you did was a really nice job of combining the the two together, especially as it goes through the five episodes or whatever. It gets a little darker and a little more, I don't know, realism is the right way to put it, but, but, but that's what I found interesting first interesting about it and second i think you did really capture what kind of a lunatic liddy was i mean he was a full-gone lunatic it seems to me yeah it's funny you know there are definitely people kind of going like you know if, if they don't know who gordon liddy is they sort of can't believe he existed and if anything I think we actually maybe undersold him a little bit because if you the full Liddy, I'm not sure the American audience was ready for the full Liddy. Um, I, the, you know, the truth is he was just this very just strange guy. He almost seemed to be almost like performing for a TV show in his own mind. You know what I mean? Just in real life, um, just uh, you know, sort of enjoyed Nazis or at least a lot of their 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 self control and like a lot of like thought there was not not what they did but sort of 
their force of strength and their, you know, their willpower. I mean, that was part of it. He very much wanted to be a martyr, kept hoping someone might kill him in the name of Dick Nixon. Um, just a really weird, strange guy. Um, and I think what's, I, I don't know if I can sort of say this one thing, I think for a lot of people who don't know all the details, we're not making light of Watergate. It's just that some of what these guys did in their attempts, and by the way, multiple attempts at breaking in before yeah. they actually did break yeah. in and then get caught, is funny. And, you know, in some ways, you know, we often talk about, you know, the banality of evil. This is the stupidity of evil. It was really stupid. <laughs> But it was really evil, and that's sort of what the show is about, the stupidity of evil. And by the back end, the evil maybe is sinking through a little bit more. But you definitely will be, I don't know, not shocked, but you will be surprised by how funny and stupid sometimes they were, which uh, I, I'm glad that all landed for you, so thank you. Um, Hunt was a uh, particularly interesting character as well, yeah. you know, with the CIA connection and and... You allude to the JFK craziness that came out at the end where he he was part of the assassination or not or whatever. Right. And Which basically, you know, depending on at different times who he spoke to, you know, <laughs> he uh, look, I, I you know, you know, we, we we sort of treat the conspiracies like almost in a, in, a, in, a, in the way they are, which is nobody's saying yes, but nobody's saying no. You know what I mean? Um, we bring it all up. But Hunt was he was at, the, you know, he was. Deeply involved in the Bay of Pigs, and I definitely, I can, that's for sure. That, for yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, and in some ways, the back end of his career, such as it was, is driven by his hatred of Kennedy, his feeling that, you know, Nixon was the real right president, and in some ways, his desperation to be important again, because he'd been put out to pasture after the failure of the Bay of Pigs. Yeah. And so the Bay of Pigs is almost like an inciting event, in a weird way, for water Obviously, not the. It wasn't his idea to break into the Watergate. That was obviously came from the Nixon people. But in terms of just sort of the why and the what, uh, just a fascinating guy, and he was yeah. he was there for all of it. I mean, yeah. it's just wild. Yeah. Well, we need to take a quick break, David. We'll sure. be back after this uh, short break and finish uh, our time with you uh, visiting with David Mandel, uh, director producer for White House Plumbers. We'll be right back after this message on fourteen hundred and ninety. You're listening to the Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome back to the Tuesday edition of the Dan Parsons Show. Hey, we're doing entertaining, informing, and uh, educating here all in one show. So joining me after the uh, break at the bottom of the hour will be Lincoln State Senator Danielle Conrad, uh, who's just finished up uh, uh, the most recent legislative session. We look forward to talking with Senator Conrad. But on uh, the phone with us from his home in Los Angeles, uh, David Mandel, a director and producer for the HBO miniseries White House Plumbers. He's also uh, done similar work for Veep and Curb Your Enthusiasm and Seinfeld. He's got a couple Emmys sitting around someplace. But uh, David, before um, we've just got about six, boy, this hour goes fast. This half hour goes fast. We've got about six minutes left here. But uh, the one thing that I really wanted to get into uh, in addition to the White House Plumbers was uh, some of your other work. And I'm just curious, uh, did you have a favorite Seinfeld character that you wrote for? 
Um, I'm kind of a George in real life. So, uh, I mean, I love writing for all of them, but, uh, I think I gravitate towards George, uh, perhaps, uh, perhaps occasionally not as, uh, not as big a liar, but, uh, I am, I definitely, I, I walk around with an, with an, uh, a sense of persecution and grudge holding. So uh, I'm, I'm a George. Yeah, so, yeah. absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, also uh, joining us here in the studio today on the Dan Parsons Show is legendary entertainment reporter for the Lincoln Journal Star, Al Kent Wogamont. Uh, uh, Kent, uh, you have a connection to Watergate. You have a, a piece of memorabilia. Yeah, I have a uh, about a one-inch square of the carpet that was on the floor at Watergate when I, uh, right out of school, I worked for uh, Ed Zerinsky, a yeah. senator, and... I I got it at a Democratic Party fundraiser right after, uh, actually right before Carter's inauguration. So nice, and I, so I've had it for a very long time. I that guess. would be 1976. Yeah. I'm old. Well, David, uh, one thing that I found fascinating uh, from the White House uh, of the, uh, the the White House Plumbers uh, series uh, was how you leaned into the conspiracy. And as much of a, a Watergate nut that I that I am and have been my whole life, I did not know that story. At least I did not remember that story. And for those of you, not to ruin it, but uh, in episode four, which really uh, is a jarring ending, uh, shooting that scene must have been just incredible. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'll, I'll say what happened, and obviously, turn your radios off and come back in two minutes if you don't want to hear it. But uh, Dorothy Hunt uh, died in a plane crash, a very strange plane crash, as she was, uh, you know, she had money that she was delivering somewhere. You know, the family at one point said no, they were going to like open a restaurant or something, which of course makes no sense. And you know, most likely was delivering money, you know, as part of like the the payoffs of the payroll. Um, but you know, again, we don't really know. Uh, she, there was a reporter on the plane that we think she was talking to, Michelle Clark, who also died. Um, and for the plane crash itself, I, I very much just wanted it to come out of nowhere because I really because it was one of those things like I'd forgotten. I knew it at some point and forgotten about it because Dorothy Hunt is sort of a forgotten player. So I wanted it to surprise and shock you, and I really wanted it to feel like the camera and you, the audience, were sort of. You know, right there in the seat next to them. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And that it just yes. kind of just happens. Sorry, there's a dog barking in the background. <laughs> it's um, real life. I yeah, love it. <laughs> no, exactly. We're really live. Live, live radio. Sorry. Uh, do idiot dog barking. Uh, because, uh, my daughter's coming home from school, and he's very happy to see her. Yeah. But anyway, um, but uh, I, I loved that... Uh, I love that it uh, it was like that, and I'm I'm glad it worked for you. Yeah. Uh, for a full blown Watergate junkie like me, I knew it was coming. Uh, okay. Why Why did but you did you like it? Did you? Like oh yeah, it? I liked it, and and absolutely, I thought it was well done. But it wasn't a surprise. Let's just put it that way. Uh, why did you pick these the two guys to concentrate? There were so many of those. No, you know, certainly so. And look, I, I, did, I did not pick them. I actually joined the project sort of when it had already sort of started to exist. Um, but, but 
why I took the project on was because they had been chosen. And in some ways, you know, as we worked further on it, we refined it, you know, that much more. It just seemed like an opportunity with all the Watergate shows that we've seen over and over and over again. They're always the burglars. You know, you hear about the burglars. You hear men broke into the White House, you know, I'm sorry, into the Watergate and were arrested. And then, and then, you know, and then, you know, they disappear. Um, uh, you know, it just, uh, you know, it's every movie, every show that you just, who were these guys? And so to me, the opportunity of being on the ground with these guys was the, the real opportunity, not the, the pathways of power, not the Oval Office. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I thought that was unique or could be unique. One of my favorite scenes, David, and we've got about a minute here left before we have to say goodbye, but uh, one of my favorite scenes, I was literally walking, uh, listening to the uh, the podcast, and yeah. um, great, oh, the podcast is so great, and uh, I did not know that Robert Redford had a cameo until I heard the podcast. Oh, yeah. And I almost, du- it was like 6 o'clock in the morning, I doubled over, anybody walking, watching me on, this, on the trails, it's like, what's wrong with this guy? I literally doubled over and raised my hands and said, you've got to be effing kidding me. <laughs> a couple of people, you know, recognized the voice, some people with some good ears, but most people thought we just took the audio from all the presidents. No. And I'll tell this story really quickly. I know you're going to yeah. have to kick me off. But uh, the uh, in my own mind, forget about, you know, what we did or didn't do. I always had this idea that because we were dealing with these guys, that our show almost was taking place in the same universe, in the same world, if you will, of, of all the president's men. Yeah. And so the idea that they were taking place at the same time, and in all the president's men, Woodward calls Hunt. So we had Hunt answering the phone. It's beautiful. And- yeah, so yeah. It's beautiful. David Mandel, thank you, my friend, for joining hey, us so here much. on the Appreciate Dan it. Parsons Show. We'll be right back after Thanks, this break guys. on 1499.3 KLIN. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks, then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Educating. Informing. Entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome back to the Dan Parsons Show here on 1499.3 KLIN. And you can catch us anytime you like uh, on your podcast, your favorite podcast platform. I'm guessing, uh, Senator, that this episode may be uh, listened to a time or two. 
Oh, well, I sure hope it is. We have so many exciting stories to tell. <laughs> uh, joining me, well, first of all, thanks to David Mandel, director of the HBO miniseries White House Plumbers, for joining us in the first half of the program uh, from his home in uh, Los Angeles. And also uh, Kent Wolgamott, entertainment writer for the uh, Lincoln Journal Star. And uh, Kent has been kind enough to say, yeah, I could do this once in a while. Uh, I would love that. And I told Kent... Uh, uh, you know, Tuesdays is kind of our educating and informing day, and but Fridays uh, we do uh, the Friday Afternoon Club with Chef Kevin Chen. So we'll have Kent back uh, after uh, uh, on a Friday with Kevin. Well, let me introduce formerly Senator Conrad. She first served in the Nebraska Legislature from 2007 to 2015, representing the Fighting District 46 uh, in North Lincoln. And she was uh, elected again uh, just last year in 2022, originally from Seward, Nebraska. That's right. Her dad served as deputy (laughs) sheriff for over 25 years. Uh Your mom has been a teacher at LPS for over 15 years. Uh, And your undergrad and your law degree, both from UNL. Senator, thank you for being on the Dan Parsons Show. Well, Dan, it is so exciting to join you and your listeners here today. Thank you again for the generous invitation. It's always fun to connect with Lincoln residents and talk about some of the top issues of the day. So it's really exciting to be here. And clearly... I've been listening to your show since you've graced our airwaves in this regard, and today is just another example of the vibrant, interesting programming that you're bringing to Lincoln. So, yeah. congratulations yeah. in your yeah. your Thanks, first Senator. few weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've just been at this a while. I told uh, I told Kent. I said, uh, you know. I was in J school, but I was across the hall with the news ed folks. You right. know, I didn't, uh, I didn't train to do this thing, but it's, it's a lot of fun. And producer extraordinaire Johnny Cadillac keeps me honest. So thanks, Johnny. Uh, well, Senator, uh, and you were kind enough to call in the very first day. I of was. Show. I'll never forget yeah. that. That was so special. Yeah. I was, uh, texting my friend, uh, now Congressman Mike Flood and thanking him for being an excellent opening act for my, my. <laughs> time on the show <laughs> and david mandel open for you today that, so that's right we'll yeah keep, we gotta keep start it going. you at the top of the billing <laughs> at some time uh well and and we may have talked about this uh but uh, listeners uh, joining us uh, may not have endured the last three weeks of uh, mm. of my programming but we have a political connection that's which right. i think is pretty cool i got started well my political origin story goes clear back to watergate back in the 70s but by the time i was a uh, a grown adult uh, in college, uh, I became interested in, well, I was always interested in politics, but I decided I wanted to do something about just other than reading newspaper. And so I was finishing up uh, uh, school, uh, J school at the university, and there was a gubernatorial election going on. A historic one at that. A historic yeah. one between two women. And so I literally knocked on the door of Kay Orr's campaign. Uh, Barry Kennedy put me to work stuffing envelopes. And I thought, man. Uh, and so I was a volunteer for Kay Orr's campaign. And then, uh, as we mentioned earlier with Kent, then I went on to work for Dave Carnes. But you also had a connection with that That's campaign. right. That, that race was the one that really sparked my interest and love of politics and government and public service. And I was a little kid, maybe in like fourth grade, (laughs) and at my parents' uh, home, of course, in rural Seward County. And I remember, you remember Mel Maines from 1011. And so he was doing a piece on the candidates. And I looked up and I saw Helen Busalis being interviewed and just had that lightning bolt moment. And 
from that point forward, I volunteered on her campaign <laughs> and then later had a chance meeting with her. And she came to my country school and we had Helen Busala's day and she became a mentor and a friend and really helped me to um, get a start in politics, which was so generous and kind considering I didn't come from a political family or have a lot of resources. But I think that race inspired generations of Nebraska women Absolutely. and it was really cool to to be a small part of that yeah well and there's a good example uh here on the dan parsons show that we are a bipartisan group and uh, even though danielle and i started out in different different political parties we can still share a microphone and share some common interests oh, absolutely and common uh, goals for our city well senator uh i know uh, most people describe this past uh, legislative session as pretty rough and tumble mm-hmm. and some people say the most uh, rough and tumble that they can remember in their mm-hmm. in their memory, but uh, and, and and undoubtedly there was a lot of uh, culture war issues that uh, caused uh, a lot of emotions to both inside uh, the legislative chamber and outside the legis- legislative chamber. But I really appreciate uh, your attitude of, but we did some good, and Absolutely. it's not ir- it's not completely broken. I I think that's the lens I always try and bring to my leadership. And whether or not somebody is in the MAGA camp or the AOC camp, they're my Nebraska neighbor and they're my Nebraska friend. And there's probably a lot more that does join us together as Nebraskans than maybe meets the eye in some of the toxicity you might see on your social media feeds discussing policy, for example, or politics. And so just trying to take those Nebraska values, you know, into the legislature each day and that leadership style, we can and we should have robust debates about really complex and controversial issues. But even then, and perhaps most importantly then, we have to figure out a way to stay in relationship with each other. Because you never know where that very next issue is going to come up, where you need to find an alliance with senators across the state and across the political spectrum uh, to deliver for your constituents. And, um, you know, I said a lot on the campaign trail, and I, I tried to keep my promises in the legislature We know that we don't solve problems in our homes or our businesses and our schools by yelling and screaming at each other. Not too, not too well. Not too well. No. So we have to carry those lessons forward in the highest echelons of power and we have to lead by example. And if we can take the temperature down, um, which I actually think is another form of voter suppression, we're going to be able to bring more people into the circle in Nebraska instead of push people out and get them to throw up their hands and say, this isn't for me. It's too messy. It's too acrimonious. And when people take themselves out of the equation, that hurts democracy, either as voters or as thoughtful candidates. So um, it, it was a, a test of patience um, and it was a session like any other. But I think we did learn a lot of hard lessons together. And the way I've been kind of conceptualizing things is we may have hit a low watermark in terms of um, Nebraska politics. But so that's the bad news. Mm -hmm. The good news is there's nowhere to go but up. And that's going to happen together. So (laughs) I, I do think that rolling up our sleeves this interim, working really, really hard to identify some core consensus issues for next year. 
figure out a way to structure our debate that's perhaps more thoughtful on those hot button issues. And now that we've cleared the deck on some of those, you know, it's time to get back to basics. And everybody knows the number one issue facing Nebraska's workforce yes. challenges. Yes. And there's so much common ground there. Child care, infrastructure, yes. Um, really delivering on kitchen table issues for working families. So I'm excited to help lead those efforts. And even though it was tough, um, rest assured, I'm not dismayed. <laughs> <laughs> We're visiting with uh, State Senator Danielle Conrad uh, here on the Dan Parsons Show, 1499.3-KLIN. And if you missed any of the show, you can always catch us on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, well, I like that, Senator. I like that a lot. I, I followed you uh, from time to time when I was uh, uh, not doing show prep uh, <laughs> uh, on the legislative floor, and I would find myself uh, sending you a text, just thanking mm-hmm. you for your for your leadership and your thoughtful uh, comments on the mic. And so uh, I know many people appreciate that. So well, that is deeply appreciated. Thank you well, so and much. It's noticed, Senator, and I just want you to uh, to know that because I know what it must be like in the balls in the bowels of that. Uh, chamber uh, in the middle of the night. Johnny's laughing. I got you, didn't I, buddy? Uh, uh, in the middle of the night, and it's hot, and yeah. everybody's yelling, and and so anyway, you brought a level of decorum uh, to that body, and I just think some uh, you should know that. But uh, well, thank you, and I. I- I think that experience matters. You know, having served our legislature for eight years before. Yeah, um, you are now the senior I am uh, one of the senior of, members yeah. just behind my friend, Senator Ray Aguilar. Oh, and sure, so yeah. having that experience as a senior member to know the rules, the issues, the process, to have relationships um, with people in the legislature and across the state, it really helps you, I think, to lead in a, a different and more effective way than you know, bless the freshmen who are coming in who are full of energy and passion, but it's a lot to take up in, you know, just a, a couple of days of service. Absolutely. Uh, well, we'll be back to wrap things up. And, uh, Senator, I want to ask you about a couple bills that I know were uh, important to you in the city. Uh, we'll take a quick break and be right back here on 1499.3-KLIN. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome up. Uh, welcome back as we wrap up. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, it, it's. It, I think that's my first time I've ever uh, talked to a Hollywood producer, director. So, you know. Uh, the first of many, hopefully. Well, yeah. I mean, why not? <laughs> well, we're visiting here on the Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And don't forget, you can catch us anytime on your favorite podcast platform. And if I haven't reminded you, please, uh, it's growing. Our Facebook and Twitter pages, it, it grew enough. Uh, the Twitter page that I got the attention of David Mandel. So if you want to be on the same uh, uh, media platform, social media platforms as David Mandel, uh, join us on Twitter, uh, The Dan Parsons Show. While we're visiting with uh, Lincoln State Senator Danielle Conrad from the Fightin' 46 in North Lincoln. And Senator, I know there was some really exciting and and positive legislation that uh, you were involved in and helped pass on behalf of uh, your constituents here in Lincoln. 
Well, thank you, Dan. And, and I know that Nebraskans are familiar with some of those really controversial issues, those culture war issues that were a focal point of the session. Um, but we saw a very determined partisan majority um, really push through um, some longstanding issues in that regard. And that was met with, you know, a wave of historic citizen engagement and yeah. a very well-organized and passionate group of senators like myself who were in the minority on some of those yep. issues, but doing all that we could to hold the line, build the record, and try and um, bring some additional ideas and information to that debate. Now, that grabbed all the headlines, of course. Uh, it took a lot of air out of the room. Uh, I think you... you you will recognize it won't be the last word on those. We've already seen litigation there's, come forward in regards to those and, issues. And We're going to see referendums yep, on, on, the, on school, school choice yep, out there. Mm -hmm. And so I think that the legislature didn't, will not have the last say on those matters. But the thing that's probably not getting enough attention is that even with all that acrimony, we still found a way to move some legislation forward. It was very unorthodox. <laughs> um, we yeah, probably bent or broke the rules in yeah. some ways to try and figure it out. Um, but I do think that that is reflective of resilience for le legislative leaders coming together to say, okay, we can't break this filibuster, but we still need to get some work done. And so putting together some different packages, which is not ideal from a transparency perspective or a log rolling perspective, did help to achieve some consensus where everybody gave a little bit, everybody got a little bit. Um, one great shining example that will impact us here in the capital city is securing historic funding yes. for the second water source. Yes. And Senator Anna Wishart deserves mm -hmm. just all of the roses for yeah. her leadership in that regard. And that will make a positive difference for Lincoln for generations Absolutely. to come. Yeah, milestone uh, legislation that... Yeah, we have to have water. It's a life. It's Absolutely. water is life. And yeah, so. it's the issue probably of the decade and yeah. and of the future. Um, you know, in some other areas that I'm really proud to have had an opportunity to move forward, we made historic investments in public schools mm -hmm. and historic investment for students with special ed, yes. um, historic property tax relief, those perennial issues in yeah. Nebraska. And so that's something that we really should be proud about because our public schools are a point of generational pride as they should be and something that really bind us together. So I'm, I was really excited to help lead those efforts as a member of the education committee. And then the other issue that's been near and dear to my heart is uh, uh, the turnback tax, which right. will help us build a convention center here in Lincoln. That's absolutely right. And I think it shows, again, the strength of the Lincoln delegation coming together, putting political differences yeah, aside, yeah. absolutely, yeah, yeah. and finding a way to put those big ideas together with what was important to senators and other communities, and then figure out how to make it all work together. So those were, I think, definitely some some, some highlights that Nebraskans need to know about. And, you know, we were also able to take really meaningful first steps on criminal justice reform. Uh, we were able to... Um, protect uh, access to some social safety net programs, whether it's food assistance or child care for Nebraskans who are working Absolutely. their way out of poverty. Yeah. And we, we kind of just took a first step when it came to a child care tax credit, but that was my priority bill this oh, year. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just recognizing that 
if we're going to value families, we need to value families. And let's figure out a way to let Nebraskans keep a little bit of their money in their pocket to pay for child care or Medicaid expenses. And that's huge when it comes to addressing healthy kids and our workforce challenges. Exactly. I was just going to say that, Senator. It's not only the right thing to do for families to give them that extra support, especially those families that are working two jobs that's or right. maybe three jobs, but it also plays into our desperate need for every business in the state uh, for workforce. Yeah, absolutely. And kudos to the Lincoln, Omaha and State Chamber for yes. prioritizing yes. child care. And I think that's going to be, I'm hopeful that's going to be a really big focus for our work together next year because it impacts every community and all of our constituents. And there's so many good models out there that Nebraska can really utilize to ramp up our support for yeah. child care. Yeah. When we have one of the lowest unemployment uh, scores in the country and typically one of the highest percentages of both parents yes. working outside of the home, yep. um, we can and we must do more to support um, access to quality child care. And I know that as a mom, how important that yeah, is. Well, so that was a conversation that I've had a chance to um, carry forward from the campaign trail into the Capitol. Well, in the last uh, couple minutes that we have here, Senator, let's end on some fun notes. What What's the Conrad family doing for the summer? <laughs> what's uh, What's on the agenda for summer? Are, are, I, I know you're still, it's not like uh, you get the summer off. Uh, you still have a duty to, yes, uh, absolutely. to the legislature and you're busy yes. with uh, interim hearings and such, but uh, uh, what's going to be fun for the... Yes, for we'll you, absolutely continue to lean in as hard as possible and, and keep the work going in the interim, but it is nice to catch our breath a little <laughs> bit, and so we're pretty outdoorsy and excited to hit the pools and the golf course and some fishing holes, so nice. uh, we've fishing. got a, nice. a lot of a lot of fun a- ideas and activities in front of us, so I'll have to text you uh, some photos uh, when we oh, catch the big goodness. one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, 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 my dad passed away uh, last year. He was 96. And uh, so every year they'd moved to Missouri. And so I'd go down and, and fish with my dad. Really so good miss- fishing there. Oh, yeah. yeah. My goodness. We'd always have fun. So, yeah, send me fishing pictures. That, well, that- there's no limit to the beautiful public spaces in our beloved oh, Nebraska. So, so definitely encourage everybody to get out there and turn off the social media and reconnect with nature and each other. And I think it'll help uh, heal our politics as well. It will. Well, <laughs> Senator, I can't thank you enough for taking time, uh, especially after the grueling session you just went through uh, to join us here on the Dan Parsons Show. Uh, uh, well, anytime. We'll again. It's always yes, fun ma'am. to connect. Yes, Thank ma'am. you. Well, uh, coming up on tomorrow's show, uh, we're going to have Amy Tabor, general manager from Open Harvest Co-op Grocery here in town. Uh, they have some exciting uh, project. They're uh, doing a groundbreaking uh, next week on their no- new location. So we'll look forward to to talking with Amy Tabor tomorrow, uh, General Manager of Open Harvest. Uh, And again, thank you to David Mandel, uh, the uh, Emmy Award-winning director and producer, uh, for joining us in the first half of the show. And also, uh, I don't know if uh, uh, El Kent Wogamont has any uh, Emmys sitting around, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Uh, Thanks for uh, Kent for joining us uh, here on the Dan Parsons Show. And uh, don't forget to follow us uh, on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. Now go do good things.